my, my first thought about seeing this was a little awkward. Uh, all the commercials or previews I've seen for Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell look good. Like all the previews, I never knew about this story. I didn't know there was a bomb at one point in some festival or whatever. So I'm very much out of the loop as I think I was four years old at the time. Yeah. So both you and I are young and probably did you know anything about this? I had no idea um he it seems like he likes to pick apart kind of out there stories that not a lot of people have heard of kind of bring them all to light i mean that from the trailers it's been fascinating and this lawsuit's definitely putting it in another kind of context yeah and, and so the the lawsuit is being brought to the court by the atlanta journal constitution which originally which originally put out uh, a piece there was a reporter put out a piece about richard jewell like the real stuff um it was part of the the kind of like oh looking into his character maybe it was him kind of stuff i haven't looked too much into what they what the their original article said but definitely like uh, from clint eastwood's movie they bring in this newspaper um and they portray them very very not well and so my original thought was like, oh, you know, the Atlanta Journal Constitution is getting a little bit of what they deserve, and they're being showed in a very in a very real light here. You know, they're going over the criticisms. Criticisms. Then I looked a little bit more into it and found out I guess that uh, I, uh, Olivia Wilde is in it, and she's the reporter, which the reporter in real life is dead, and okay. they can't defend themselves in this way. Uh, I think that's what I read. Um, which, yes yeah she is fake dead. fake news who knows um <laughs> but she's dead and olivia wilde's character i guess is embellishing the truth a little bit by like the way it's written in the movie is that she's doing like sexual favors for for like info and it's just i looked at this I was like clint eastwood is is now doing the thing that the atlanta journal constitution did and i just find it incredibly ironic and very weird i don't know what to think about it because i was excited for this movie and but i'm probably still gonna go see it it's just so so awkward yeah he's definitely taking a lot of uh artistic liberties with how he tells parts of the story and i mean you know you have to when you have a movie and it real life is never as interesting as the movies are so you want people to be enthralled the whole time and and i mean honestly sex sells in this kind of day and age <laughs> yeah, so i've scandalous. it's yeah, it it makes sense to make parts of the story a little bit more like scandalous to draw people in and make the suspense a little bit more. Uh, but I mean, that's that's quite a twist that he's putting on all of it. Yes, and their and their defense is quite quite great. Is that they're like at the end of the movie, there's a disclaimer that this is based on real events and the people and the people in this are, are real. Um, but obviously some of the stuff is embellished. Like there's a disclaimer at the end of the movie and it's like, I'm pretty sure that it's okay at that point. Like by putting the disclaimer out there, it's just so, it's still like kind of weird. It's just like, <laughs> this will be an interesting lawsuit. And I, I think personally that it's going to bring more attention to the movie for us to go see it. Yeah. I mean, it's not really well publicized right now. I mean, it's not. I don't see this kind of advertising all over the place, so maybe it's going to be good for them with the free advertising. I mean, I hope that um, the portrayal in the movie doesn't put like a negative light on uh, the character or the person's name was Kathy Scruggs, and 
I mean, I hope in the end it all kind of works out for him and that it wasn't so totally spun that it makes the AJC and Kathy put out to be these like horrible people that go to these extreme lengths ever or like so consistently to get the story. Yeah, it's like we got a real nightcrawler on us right now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. But welcome, everyone, to the Sewn Up Podcast. This is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want. Today, that's mostly going to be trailers. Trailers. A lot of trailer stuff. Uh, You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. I'm joined by my good friend, John, and I'm Chris, and we are your co-hosts for the the day. Can't speak today, but that's all right. We'll get through it together. John, (laughs) how you doing? Well, so far, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit more eloquently than you, but we'll yeah. see. The night is young. I've got a, I've got cauliflower rice in my throat, so maybe that's what it is. Sure. Blame <clears> it on the veggies. Yes, blame it on the veggies. They're good for you, kids, until you start talking. So the first trailer, which we teased a little bit uh, from the last podcast, is definitely the James Bond No Time to Die trailer. I've seen a couple of the James Bond movies growing up, like Pierce Brosnan was my James Bond, Daniel Craig, and after Skyfall, like Skyfall is awesome. I still think it's the best one he's done, and I am excited for them to return to form. Look, yeah, so Pierce Brosnan was was the one that I was introduced to with, with James Bond, um, and looking back on those movies, some of that CGI was, was so bad, and some of the movies were not, or definitely don't hold up today. But what what's crazy with the Daniel Craig franchise is that typically with every other Bond character, they've always just had like these episodic movies that aren't really interconnected. Um, there might be like one or two little loose prop plot threads that are spread around uh, within the same uh, actor. But all of these Daniel Craig movies are so interconnected, but also so spaced out that it's it's pretty hard for the majority of the audience to really follow the thread because um, I had to go back through and I looked to see when all these movies were were released. Casino Royale was was out in 2006. So 13 years ago, uh, Daniel Craig started, which is crazy to me that he's still like so heavily involved in the action of these movies. Yeah, he's like in his early 50s now. Like, can you imagine like starting something in your late 30s and then suddenly end it like in your 50s? I mean, he's definitely the uh, the British uh, Tom Cruise. Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, no, but uh, yeah. So uh, his first movie was in two thousand six. Then Quantum of Solace was in two thousand eight. Was it Skyfall was two thousand twelve? Spectre was twenty fifteen, and now this new one is going to be twenty twenty, which is five years after the last one. This one has the longest development time. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, it, it should be good. Well, should be and. Granted, I, like I, when I in researching this a little bit, I didn't realize that Quantum of Solace was written by Craig and the director because of the writer strike at the time, which is probably why it didn't do super well. Mm. Um, which that kind of gave a new context for me. But I didn't even recognize a couple of the characters from the trailer that seemed like there was a lot of importance put on them. Um, I, there's so many little loose plot threads and minor characters that they keep putting in all these movies that they expect the majority of people to remember and to be honest like it's not the mcu there's not a new movie put out every couple months that keeps characters and plots fresh in people's mind so to rely so heavily on the interconnection of these movies i think is kind of hurting them where they could be uh focusing more on the development of of a good story like a good standalone story 
Yeah, um, and the, I guess those characters you're talking about is like Leah Sadu, um, his character was the love interest in um, Spectre. Yes. So, and then uh, you remember though Blofeld, which is Christoph Waltz's character. Yeah, right? but even with that, like Blofeld in the previous incarnation of him and the other James Bond movie uh, was a much bigger character. And they tried to tie it in. It's spoilers for Spectre, but they tried to tie it into Daniel Craig's character himself and make Blofeld his brother. That was like long lost. Yeah, but Blofeld, like this is part of the Blofeld line. Like there's more than one, I guess. Uh, there's just like a Blofeld family I, is is what I'm taking away from this. And what some people I, I've seen online are believing is that, you know, this isn't the Blofeld. It's just someone who is part of that Blofeld family and personally i think this is a uh i like the nuance of this where james bond is never the same no matter who is that bond like there are directors who take creative liberties and that's something that i like that within this time vacuum you know you see um roger moore you see pierce brosnan you see Daniel craig you see sean connery and like every one of their iterations is within a certain decade or a certain time frame and I think it is very cool to think of it in that realm. So I'm, I'm fine with this with the, them bringing back characters. It's something new. Now whether it sticks the landing or not, um, I have no idea. I, I'm excited for the release on April twentieth, and I, I'm just trying to get your idea gauging from you. It sounds like it's a lot to pack into his last movie. Do you think they're going to try and end this in a specific way, or do you think you'll be able to remember? all the references and callbacks in this. Well, I mean, it seems like they're they're going to take this movie and tie up Daniel Craig's story as James Bond. And Which it, I'm fine I'm, with. I like that. Yeah, no, and it, it seems like they're putting like a, a good finality to this, this uh, actor's ending for this, which I don't feel like has really been done before, even though throughout the course of his movies, he's retired probably three or four times <laughs> after each movie. So this is, hopefully this is the actual end. Bond, you're um, washed up. I can't use you. Bond, you need to come back. You're the only one I can trust. <laughs> and I mean, I I hope that at least that they may be able to continue the interconnectivity of, like that, that idea of interconnectivity in future movies, but maybe tone it down a bit. Um, like with this upcoming uh, iteration of Bond with Lashana Lynch, I think that they should be able to take the lessons they've learned from these previous movies and uh, kind of inject them in this new iteration of Bond, um, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. I mean, I know a lot of people are kind of getting a little butthurt that uh, James Bond is now a woman or going to be a woman. I have no problem with it. I think that if you limit yourself to the type of actor or character can be, you limit the storytelling that you have. Um, so now by opening the, um, the lore, basically, of the 007 moniker, you're able to say that any type of person can be a 007 agent. It probably won't be a Bond, like a, a variation of the Bond character. I'm hoping that it's it's a completely new name, um, kind of just within the the franchise and like the idea of the James Bond universe. Well, I so th that brings me to something that I'm thinking is that I what I would personally want is this to be yes, this is part of the 007 um, franchise, and I would like them to make that distinguishing that you know uh, this you know we talk about james bond james bond no i want this if you're going to introduce someone like lashana lynch i think you need to change it to this is the 007 
franchise. And then yes. what you do is that what I would like to see, and I'm curious about your thoughts, is that they do this as Lashana Lynch is taking over as the next 007. But her name will be something similar but different. Like a, like instead of a James Bond, her name is like Jasmine Bond or something, a last name Bond. Like that is your code name. That is your persona in this in these universes that we've had that are in this vacuum and we're going into the 2020s with Lashana Lynch I want I want it to be something like that so that when people look at the James Bond franchise or then I'm doing it right now when they look at the 007 franchise <laughs> they don't get confused but see even by see this is where I'm, I'm kind of torn with because if you give her the last name Bond and, and some kind of variation on the first name then you're still tying it in together with all the history that it's with. So part of me wants there to be that connection with Bond because that there's that familiarity with it. But then part of me also wants it to be new and completely separate to where they can branch off and give her maybe a new code name for a new era of 007. Because um, one thing I, I kind of forgot about, uh, even in the Daniel Craig era, or not Daniel Craig, um, Pierce Brosnan era, uh, Sean Bean's character in the movie he was in was 006. So you have people that are in all of these double 00 roles, and when a 007 retires or dies, somebody else underneath him steps up into that role. So I, I like that there's already been a kind of a history of of that being established to where there's there's a line of succession basically to get to 007. So it's not like everything is just coming out of the blue for this new type of role because they want to put um, somebody a more, more of like a, a diverse actor into this type of role. So they're creating all these rules for it now. Um, I like that it already fits into the lore, into the history of Bond. Well, that, that, that also falls on the directors who take creative liberties with these movies because they do. And I think that's an inconsistency. The, what you bring up, like, yeah, they establish a one Bond, but then like, you know, for the Daniel Craig series, they're like, oh, James Bond is his, is his, his parents' last name was Bond. Mm-hmm. Like, it just, it flips it on itself to have its own storyline. And so that's where I'm saying, like, I'm fine. I would rather there be, like, they change, you know, Lashana Lynch's character to be, you know, Jasmine Bond. I think that's kind of like, these are set up in different universes of themselves, but we're just seeing them within the decade that, you know, they have a new Bond person. So that's why I'm saying, like, I'd rather it be the 007 series and, you know, you have James Bond. You know, people say it, Roger Moore's Bond. No one says Roger Moore 007, you know? Yeah, and that's it, fair. For me, it's just that kind of consistency of a message. It's just a small rule, just a small rule that all the directors would have to get behind. But at the same time, I don't see that happening because someone always wants to do something new and inventive. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going to take this new direction and the new franchise and and how successful it, it might be i mean i see in seeing her in one and um, um captain marvel uh i'm excited to see her in the role i think that she's going to do a really great job with it even just her couple of seconds in the trailer uh were pretty compelling so i think that she's going to do a really great job as as a uh, that bond role um, and I hope that the general audience is open-minded enough to uh, to accept her and what the director and the writers are trying to do with this film. Um, and I'm definitely all ears to see what they're going to do in the future. I'm I will withhold judgment till I see that first trailer, and 
I, I will go from there. You are the Kylo Ren saying to let the past die. I'm the <laughs> f- 50-year-old Star Wars fan who's like, Nyeh! but I'm totally okay with, you know, I obviously, I I believe in, I believe that there should be, yes, you know, let's have a, a black female bond or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, I, I, I do not care in that, those regards as far as race and all that stuff. Um, just put someone who's who's good in the role yeah you know? just have it make sense have it doesn't have it doesn't have to be some old white guy even though that's like what some purists in the james bond think but we would open pandora's box if we were to focus on that yes speaking of let the past die and old things black widow yes black widow yes and we got a new black widow trailer uh that uh surprisingly released it released the same day as the james bond trailer i think or the day before I think every studio is just trying to one-up each other with their different trailers. Because, yeah, all three of the ones we're going to talk about came out about about the same time. Thank God. I love this. Please one-up each other. But the release date, <laughs> the release date uh, window for Black Widow is going to be May 1st, 2020, which is around the same time that uh, Endgame and Infinity War have been released. It's yes. in that April, end of April slot, beginning of May. And so... Uh, trying to get an idea of when this starts. Uh, according to Screen Rant, uh, it's supposed to take place after Civil War, uh, especially with flashbacks to her time in the Red Room. So we're going to see some early childhood stuff, uh, which is really cool. I'm excited for that. And what they showed in the trailer was David Harbour, who will, <laughs> will be in the Red Guardian, and the fat joke they make was priceless. Uh, Rachel oh, Weiss, gosh. which comes to the... Uh, mcu did not expect this one i thought i think that's a great choice and she's going to be melino fostikov and then florence Pugh as yelena belova and these are some great i think uh a lot of people are talking about florence Pugh, but i think rachel weiss is going to be a fantastic character yeah and she and florence Pugh both are playing versions of black widow and, and the way that they're trying to spin it in the mcu is that it seems like the majority of the people that go through, if not all of the people that go through the Red Room, become Black Widows rather than yes. have it be a title that they all kind of fight for to earn. And and David Harbour, it seems like, has also gone through a version of it to become enhanced in some way and be the Soviet's version of Captain America. He looks like he looks a little bit like Taserface, which has me confu- confused. I mean, he he looks and sounds perfect for the role. The <laughs> yeah, his casting was pretty. His casting, probably his casting, is the best one in the movie. I and just so far from what I've seen in the trailer, so far. Yeah, and I mean, I love him as an actor. He uh, every role that he has, he brings his own type of humor to it, and it seems like he fits in pretty well with the MCU and their vibe and humor as well. The only issue I have with his casting is that I was really hoping to see him as Sabretooth. I feel like when they introduced the mutants, he would have done a really good job with that character. But I think the MCU has always, for the most part, nailed their casting at least. And uh, I think he's going to be a really strong Red Guardian. I would agree with that. They, just something about the way Marvel does their casting. They, they'll make weird choices work really well so yes yeah i'm excited for that uh and then we also in the trailer we get to see taskmaster and thaddeus ross is back in the movie and that'll be interesting uh, some people are rumoring that there's an iron man cameo i don't know how true that is personally i could care less if there is a cameo in it 
I would prefer there not be a cameo in the movie because they're not supposed to be on good terms. Well, uh, so just to give my two cents about where I think he might come in, either he's going to be as a brief cameo at the beginning when um, because they had that they had a conversation between Iron Man and and Black Widow right before she goes on the run um, after. So uh, the she uh, goes on the run with um, with a cat. Yeah, so right, right, either right before that, or they're going to put him at the end of the movie um, in kind of setting up a flashback to her introduction in Iron Man 2, um, where you kind of see how she was implemented into uh, Stark's life. I think that might be a pretty cool way to do it, um, but I don't, I definitely don't think he's going to have any kind of major role in this. Yeah, I guess I guess I would be okay. I would be okay with that, you know, where they do like that flashback kind of stuff. Kind of like um how uh Back to the Future, like, you know, in the second one you go back to the scenes, you revisit scenes from the first one. Yeah. And get them from different angles, which I thought was super cool and great for a movie to do. Yeah. First of its kind. So, uh if they do something uh, similar to that, I'd be pretty okay pretty down it, no matter how short it is because it should be short but uh so in the comics melina vostikov is supposed to be the is supposed to be a super villain to black widow and uh she's called like the iron maiden so i i guess my question to you in regards to the comics is do you think we're going to get a similar setup that i that iron maiden uh do you think iron Maiden's is going to get a similar setup to mordo in Doctor Strange. To be honest, man, I don't know that she's going to be Iron Maiden. I think they... Either that they cast her in that role um, to hide a certain uh, reveal they're going to have in the movie. Or um, to put some kind of twist on it. Because I Rachel Weisz is too strong of an actor to be like a one-off Black Widow villain. Personally, I think they're going to reveal her to be Taskmaster. And kind of gender swap that character. Ooh, you go going with the going with the hot takes. Cause see, like I think with somebody like her, you can bring her back in future movies and put pit her against other Avengers. Um, but she's I she's got great acting chops. Jet see, in. that's the thing. Like I don't think she would do well as just like a one-off kind of character. Yeah, she she reminds me more of a um, kind of like a Robert Downey Jr. of the of the supervillains. If you are going to bring her in yeah um, and I, would, I would very much like to see that but i i i, I don't know i we're we're so far into this into this franchise into the mcu i don't i think that rachel weiss could continue but you know that that would be the one thing to take away from this movie is that she continues and we obviously uh you know ScarJo as black widow she dies in endgame so that kind of falls along that line yeah and and um just because of that i mean taskmaster in general is too too strong of a villain i i feel like to just have him or her be kind of thrown into this movie and then forgotten about down the road i think they could use him uh like that character in a lot of different ways down the road with potentially like the young avengers um with the new avengers any kind of like spin-off of these characters we already know so i would i would love to see it be somebody that they can invest in for the future and at this point in the franchise i don't think that they could just have like a, a reveal of it be somebody that we don't know 
I think it's going to have to be somebody that we can connect with and that can raise the stakes of the movie. Um, so and I've heard like a couple people talk about it maybe being Hawkeye because he uses a bow and arrow in the in the trailer. I don't I think don't that's think true. So. Yeah, no. Jeremy Renner, come on back. You know, just oh, please, please don't interact with any of the women on set. Just you know, just read the lines. Don't <laughs> don't look at anyone. You know, don't talk about your kid. Nothing. I just just do the lines and leave. Call back to some speculation gosh no but i mean i i think that to really make that villain uh really hit home for people i think it's gonna have to be somebody we know and can connect with um so either it's uh, another character people haven't thought of and it's even more of a, a kind of curveball or i think it's going to be somebody that's introduced in the movie uh like rachel vice well uh, yeah we'll have to see if mcu uh, takes a risk on this yeah because your idea is kind of cool that she becomes Taskmaster instead of Iron Maiden, but we'll have to see. Uh, but the other thing that I found interesting about this, especially interesting about Black Widow, and I'm sure other people have talked about, it, is the director Kate Shortland, and she's only directed a few movies, or you know, these aren't like big blockbusters, obviously. And somehow uh, Kevin Feige finds these directors to do it, and you know, we could we could speculate all day, but. What do you think about her job so far, given this trailer? Or do you do you think a lot of the choices made, like the they have they have action they have an action team who does action set pieces and stuff. And that's what we've got a lot in this trailer. Do you think what we're seeing is any of her, you know, meticulous work on the movie? Well, so at least from what I've seen in the MCU so far, the movies that they have with directors that have done typically more uh, like indie films and, and low budget stuff tend to focus more on the character interactions and the dialogue and the development of those characters. Um, which I think that the black widow is a great opportunity to really dig into her as a character and to the people around her. Um, and for it to be more of an emotional movie, I think, think than uh, some of the other MCU movies. So I think casting somebody like that, that's, not really had an opportunity to do big budget before lets them focus on their strengths and i hope that it's going to be more about the character development and developing the story itself and not necessarily leaning so heavily on action set pieces and fight scenes um but i mean especially like with taika watiti is a great example where people had no idea that he could do what he did and he completely revitalized the whole thor franchise um so this may spin it off into another direction where Florence Pugh, uh, her character becomes the Black Widow and uh, they strengthen that franchise. But I'm I'm very surprised. I don't know anything about this director. I'm The MCU has a great track record of no names becoming um, really well known for their work. So I'm ho- cautiously optimistic about this. Yeah, so far right now, given what I've seen in the trailer, I... I don't have, I don't have, I'm not like explicitly like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's one of those things where the dialogue when she's, you know, in the apartment and she comes into contact with, uh, with Yelena. Yeah. I just, the, the, it just felt so flat to me. And I know Scarlett Johansson is such a great, you know, actor, actress. She's so good with some of the roles she's been given, especially with Black Widow. And I don't know why, but this trailer just kind of fell flat for her to me and i hope that's not a and i hope that's not a result of kate shortland but you know the jury's still out you know the movies obviously this is just a trailer 
So I hope to get something as uh, fantastic as a from a like you said. I'm looking forward to a more character developed movie. I want to feel my heart be wrenched out in uh, like in Winter Soldier. So I hope we get something along those lines. Yeah, absolutely. And then another female directed movie, but in a different universe. <sighs> Wonder Woman, 1984. Directed by Patty Jenkins. She's back at it again. So release date is around June 5th, 2020, which is going to be after this Black Widow movie, which will be an interesting time. And we're getting a we're getting a lot of good movies for the late spring, early summer release with James Bond, then Black Widow, then Wonder Woman. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be spending all my money at the theater this summer. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, returning is going to be Gal Gadot, Robin Wright, Connie Nielsen, and Chris Pine. You know, I thought he died, but he's coming back. Yeah, it could be a lot of different ways they bring him back. But I mean, then you got to think about it. Robin Wright's character also died. Um, yeah. Which, I so mean, obviously, flashback, probably. Yeah. So, we're, yeah, we'll probably get some flashback stuff. Uh, and then some newcomers with Kristen Wiig and Pedro Pascal. What are your thoughts on Pedro Pascal? He is a great actor. And I think his caliber of acting is going to do a really um really good job for this movie um which i know is a very simplistic way to put it but Mm -hmm. uh i think we have only probably scratched the surface of what of who his character is from this trailer and i think maxwell lord is um it can be a very uh deep character that uh can really go in a lot of different directions and with this being set in the 80s uh, I don't know if they're going to lean more on the magical like power side of it. Um, you mean where he's a he's a telepath in the comics? Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to deal with it more being like a like a actual he has superpowers type thing, or lean into more of the technology side of it where it's his influence in the media that's more of a superpower um, that may be just amplified from different artifacts that he finds um, th- with the help of Kristen Wiig who I believe is supposed to be some type of archaeologist in this movie. Yeah, some kind of science woman, we'll say it at that. She's like some sort of scientist, but she's supposed to be Cheetah in this movie. And I, between her and Pedro Pascal, which Pedro Pascal has played a lot of bad guys, or he's played a lot of good guys that the audience roots for. And while I am interested to see him as the villain, I'm actually more interested to see Kristen Wiig in, a, in this type of role. Where she seems like maybe maybe she gets affected, and you know she gets ritual when she gets ritual changed into cheetah. I want to see, um, I want to see like her acting chops go there, because I don't think we've ever gotten that from her to be a villainous, uh, character. We've seen her go off the rails and stuff like that and do a very great job, you know, portraying what normal people like sometimes just want to be a loose cannon and stuff. And she's very funny too. She's very consistent so i'm i'm wondering what your thoughts on that is yeah i mean i in seeing some of the more um like indie movies that she's done i have a lot of respect for her as an actress i think she has a lot of range that hasn't really been shown as much um just because when you when you're a comedian and you're on snl you tend to get typecast more you fit into specific roles but in seeing um people like bill Hader. Um, on his show Barry, oh I don't know if, if you've seen that at all, but I haven't. But I've seen trailers and clips that just make me want to watch it more and more. Like he is phenomenal, and he plays—I mean, essentially a bad guy that you really root for. So 
just because you're on SNL and you're a comedian does not mean that you have to get typecast as a comedian. Um, and in reading, uh, they've already confirmed that her transformation into Cheetah is going to be mostly practical with some CGI amplifications just to kind of tweak it the way it needs to be. So she will actually become like a Cheetah person. Hopefully it doesn't look like that Cats movie that's coming out. You don't like you don't like the effects from cats. They said it's they said it's like new technology, John. They I, say it is it is advanced. Look, it might be advanced and it might be technically proficient, but it is creepy. I am excited to see with that and to see that transformation. Uh, but we didn't get we didn't get a shot of any of her transformations in the trailer, and there was no. a lot of things from the trailer that were pretty cool or yeah. interesting or, again, that I felt like this trailer revealed too much well it depends on what they're going to do in the final cut um like we obviously we saw that eagle armor that she puts on which i think she's going to have to wear it when she's fighting cheetah because uh cheetah's claws can rip through anything uh sometimes they're poisoned so she needs that extra bit of protection we saw the potential invisible plane uh, a couple shots um because she and Steve Trevor are sitting in a cockpit at, at one point, and uh, there's another shot of her lassoing up into the air when she's out on a street and then being flung forward, but we don't see her latch on to anything. So I'm thinking that the invisible jet is coming through. So she so she latched onto the invisible jet, and it could be it could be a technology that is taken from the White House because I guess she fights in the White House, and uh, I even freeze framed a few things because people were like, oh man, you know the white house and i was like how do we know for sure and then i was like okay not many places have a 17th century like or 18th century battle type pose like on their white walls so i was like this is probably the white house um but i know it takes place in the capital and i'm wondering if they steal this plane um that's being developed or anything like that because it doesn't look like anything that the amazonians would have developed or the atlanteans no, it definitely looks like American technology, especially sitting in that cockpit, if that is the invisible plane, which I'm if if that is going to be this movie, I'm very curious to see how they're going to um, introduce that to like the general public and have it not be super cheesy. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I got to do something smart with it. Yeah. And I think if, if anybody can do it, I think Patty Jenkins has the track record to do it. Yeah, I have I have full faith in Patty Jenkins. I have. I will not question because she has made. I don't, I, I don't know the DC fans. I know there's a lot of them, and they will religiously hold on to Zack Snyder. I do not care. Patty Jenkins is the bright spot in this universe, in this franchise. Even though they came out with Joker, and I loved Joker, and it's not part of the DC EU, I still think Patty Jenkins is the best director that have all been part of these projects. Oh yeah. Joaquin Phoenix carried Joaquin Phoenix and uh uh dang, what's his name? Tim what's his name? Dude, the director of Joker. Oh my god. Um Tim Is it Tim? Okay. Pardon the typing, I'm gonna have to look this up. Uh because I I can't not know now. Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips. It was a T something. Todd Phillips. (laughs) I knew Phil I was like Phillips? No, wait, Philip Todd? I don't know. That Todd Phil Todd Phillips is a is a great director, no no doubt. But Joaquin Phoenix, as as someone who was cast in that role, is amazing. Get you know Oscar award winning, uh, and Joker did really well. But Patty Jenkins, 
is the director who could take, you know, you know, average talent or, you know, above average, but not Oscar level and transform a fantastic movie. So I have full faith in her to get this right. I, they just revealed so much. And even the, the part where she's swinging on lightning, I was like, that would have been so cool to see in the theaters without it being in the trailer. And I was like, it, uh, I know there are other channels that have speculated, like maybe it is Zeus helping her out, which would be cool too. I just wish they didn't release any of that stuff. And they released like some magical rock that I guess uh, Maxwell Lord gets a hold of. Yeah, but, which might be yeah. involved in Cheetah's transformation, might be involved with him and his powers. We have no idea. Yeah, and then the the big one that people talk about is Steve Trevor coming back. Yes. Which, so I think that he's going to be um, somewhat involved with Maxwell Lord, and, and just in the, in the sense that, um, like, uh, Pedro Pascal keeps talking about how everybody can get whatever they want. Uh, it's the 80s, it's the height of excess, and so I think that he's going to use some kind of technology to bring back Steve Trevor as a way to have, have some kind of influence over uh, Wonder Woman in hopes that maybe she'll uh, help him with a certain task or something that he needs from her. Um, I've, had, I've heard some people speculate that maybe he's like all in her head and he's not actually real, but then you have that scene of him punching a soldier on a truck and unless everything on that truck is part of the uh, the uh, the illusion there, um, <laughs> I think he's probably going to actually be real. But it's it's definitely a mystery as far as how he comes back. Um, Which yeah, now we're all going to speculate. If it doesn't go the way we want, we're going to be our expectations will be um, subverted, and we know how that goes sometimes with movies. Oh God, subversion! <laughs> yes, uh, that's that's why I think this trailer. While I am now hyped for Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Worman? like Worman, I'm I'm hyped for Wonder Woman. <laughs> uh, I am hyped for 1984. Yes, but I wish they didn't release this much stuff to it because I already had faith faith in Patty Jenkins. I already did. I knew I was going to see this movie no matter what because this is the only part of the DCEU I will go out of my way for. Yeah, and it's all about context. I mean, we we might ha- not have any idea about what the exact context of these things are. Um, but hopefully they didn't reveal too much and spoil anything major for the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I mean, so do you think that this movie is going to do better uh, at the box office than Justice League did? Um, or do you think that it's under any more pressure because it's such the bright star in the DCEU? Um, do you think it can live up to the hype? So for someone, for you and I who are more interested in these comic books we're not really considered like the target well we're not the uh, casuals to this stuff yeah. i'm more of i'm am more of a casual when it comes to movies but i do like superhero stuff i just won't spend all my time researching and going through the comics with that being said i think this movie does have a lot of pressure on it just because as far as the comic book fans from you know across the aisle between marvel and dc People liked what Patty Jenkins did with the first Wonder Woman. Now, where the division comes between, you know, comic book nerds is the handling of Justice League, Batman versus Superman. Uh, and this is one of those movies that, uh, this is one of those directors that has brought together everyone. And I, I cannot imagine that Warner Brothers is very skeptical of how well this movie is going to do. I can't unpack the fact that. You know, we do live in a weird time in society 
with women directors and stuff like that. And Patty Jenkins should be should be given like the Ke- not Kevin Feige status, but like John Favreau status is like we trust you with everything you do. And I don't think that's the case at Warner Brothers, you know, because they gave such blind faith to Zack Snyder. It makes no sense to me. I hope I I want this movie to do above the Justice League 657.9 million. I think it will. But I think that maybe Warner Brothers has stupid expectations for Patty Jenkins, which won't be fair. No, and I mean, I'm hoping that they're taking a step back and letting these directors focus more on building a strong character-driven movie that's not... And it, it, it seems like they're not as interconnected since Aquaman came out um, between he and Shazam, and it almost seems like they might be retconning some stuff from the Justice League movie in, in this new Wonder Woman movie. As they should. Yes. So I'm hoping that they're slowly turning the ship in a new direction, and I think... This movie is less connected with Justice League and more connected with its relationship to Aquaman and to Shazam. Not necessarily in, in the storytelling way, but just in its reputation and how the audience perceives it. Um, I think that pe- for the most part, people seem to know Zack Snyder are, had the vision for these movies. And these new movies are under new direction, new uh, development, and... I think there's enough separation there to draw regular audience members back in and not have it be kind of um, uh, tanked from the Justice League's reputation. Yeah, I I just, I don't know. I feel like if this movie doesn't make a billion dollars, like uh, Wonder Brothers is going to be disappointed. And I, I really hope that doesn't happen because Wonder Woman box office made, the first one made $821.8 million. I just looked it up. Wow. And yeah, that that's great. That's fantastic. And it's just this see these are the same execs. I can't get over it. These are the same execs who are like, yeah, we don't want to make a Joker movie. No, no, no. It's the first radar movie to make over a billion dollars and now they're like salivating at the mouth for it. I just I don't trust I don't trust Warner Brothers. Well, and the only, this is the last little bit here, the only thing that I have to say about uh, the box office earnings is that they did push production back six months to try and make sure they got the effects right, they got the story right, which Patty Jenkins said in an interview that they, turned out they didn't actually need all that extra time, they could have released it, I believe it was in November, December of this year, um, like it was originally supposed to. Um, so that is there, there is that extra cost added onto because of that extra six months in production. So I'm hoping that that doesn't affect, um, the overall, like the profit of the movie and that doesn't reflect more negatively on it to the studio execs. Um, uh, I don't know. This feels, this feels, it does feel also like sabotage because this movie is coming out after Black Widow, after James Bond. Like this is, it's going to be the last thing in a big lineup of movies this summer and who knows what else is coming out so i don't know feels like sabotage by warner brothers i'm i'm thinking that warner brothers is the bad guys because they held on to Zack snyder i hate Zack snyder i i I sense foul play foul play well we'll have to wait and see release the patty jenkins cut oh my god (laughs) release it but uh also one real side note before we get to the end of the podcast uh they played blue monday on the they played the the song blue monday obviously it's a remix version for the trailer and uh i this is a 
fantastic song. I think it's one of the best 80s songs ever made. And it wasn't released until 1986. And this movie is 1984. So I think that's kind of funny to me. And it was, I discovered this song in Ready Player One when they're in the, the club scene, they go dancing and stuff like that. So I don't know. I thought it was just a, an interesting thing to bring up that the, because people are like blue Monday, what is this song? So yeah. Look, Chris, if we can suspend belief or suspend disbelief enough to believe that there's going to be a cheetah woman in this movie, we can also believe that a song in another reality was released two years earlier. I don't know what you're talking about. I I know it's a stretch. I know it's a stretch, man, but I think we can do it. Mm, Okay. We'll see what happens. Okay. Um, (laughs) We'll see how everyone else reacts to it. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really do love the song, so that's I wanted to put that in there. That I, it's freaking awesome. But uh, John, uh, you got something interesting on here. What are you watching? So I finally caved, and uh, society and everyone else that told me to watch the show was right. I am finally watching Rick and Morty. I am loving every second of it. I finally. Don't know- <laughs> I don't know why it's taken me this long to get into this show, uh, but I watched probably six or seven episodes straight last night, and I just couldn't couldn't stop. Oh my god! It if you haven't seen Rick and Morty, you need to get a Hulu account. You need to watch it. It's so well written, and I can't believe that they even thought about canceling it for a second. Yeah, it's you know that you know studio execs are stupid like Warner Brothers, but the point is, is that. <laughs> uh yeah i'm glad you're finally watching it um i haven't watched season four yet and that's just come out and there's a lot of cool stuff i guess happening i need to get back on the bandwagon but i did watch season one through four and or season one through three which are really 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 good i'm glad you've come around because it's a really funny show it's smart too the the fan base is pretentious i love everything about it (laughs) it's been real good speaking of potentially pretentious fans what have you been watching? Okay, so well, this is actually, you know, yeah, this is pretentious. Um, uh, <laughs> I saw Ford versus Ferrari. Uh, and really uh, sweet note is that I saw it with my stepdad, and um, my favorite car is the Ford GT40 by far, which this movie is about. It's about that race of Le Mans with the Ford GT40, where it beat Ferrari for four straight years. Really cool stuff in history, starting in 1966. Yes. Um, and it also has my stepdad's favorite card, which is the Shelby Cobra. So this was a kind of fun bonding thing. And the movie itself, besides the sentimental stuff, the movie was incredible. The acting by Matt Damon, the acting by Christian Bale, everything he does is amazing. And even if you're not a car fan, go see this movie. And by the end of it, I bet you, you will want to get into whatever car you are in and race down. It is so exciting. The sound design is amazing. The shots were great. The emotion throughout this movie. Um, and the ending, too. The third act is is brilliant. And a lot of the stuff that happens is based off true events. Um, and I won't spoil anything. You could read about it on Wikipedia if you wanted to see um, what that is put on the live screen. It's just amazing and gut-wrenching at the same time it is it was a very good movie that's awesome i i would say 
If it, what, Endgame came out this year, right? Yes. God, that was a lifetime ago, yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago. If Endgame didn't come out this year, I would say this is my favorite movie of the year. Wow. Even past Joker. Pretty strong praise there, man. Uh, Yeah, I, I would say so. It's a good film for all people. Man, I'm going to have to go check that out myself. You should, and you're going to go driving in your Toyota and try cutting people off it's gonna be fun in my toyota i mean in your honda yeah yeah i'm not going anywhere super fast in that car i i, I mean you know you probably will after you see this movie oh my it, god it changes you <sighs> all right but anyways that is the end of the podcast we'll be doing this again next week and uh we'll probably be getting around to some cool hype uh, surrounding Rise of Skywalker. It's coming out soon. Everyone get excited. We'll be looking on the stories and uh, we'll be doing another Mandalorian review coming out sometime this weekend. So, yeah, that's about it, everyone. Uh, Y'all have a wonderful uh, night and, yeah, have a good day. Bye!